XV Planus is part of the Green Mushroom Podcast Network. Welcome to XV Planus. Greetings, friends and fiends, and welcome back to XV Planus, the podcast where we don't just talk about the paranormal, we put boots on the ground and pursue it in the field. Transmitting from the Black Lodge, as always, I am your host, Flood, and as always, I am very excited to be back here to dive further into the unknown, the enigmatic, and the just plain weird with you all. My apologies for the delay in release of this installment. I'm not quite doing this show full-time yet, so sometimes the gig that pays the bills requires a little more attention, but we are back and ready to get at it. It's been a rather exciting time since we last spoke, hasn't it? Between David Grush's initial interview, then testifying under oath, I'd say it's been a giant leap forward towards real disclosure. And I know that a lot of you are wondering what my thoughts about this subject are, and if you follow me on social media, then you have a pretty good idea about how I feel about the whole situation. But there is a reason I have not provided my full analysis of what's going on, and that is because I have a suspicion that there is much more to be revealed by year's end. Don't ask me how I know. I just don't think that we're done with all of the UAP surprises this year. So, we will be doing an intensive dive into all things UAP at the end of this season, in part because, as previously stated, I don't think we're quite done with the revelations for this year, and also in part because the subject may pair quite well with our final investigation of Season 3. But lights in the sky are not the reason for this episode. Tonight, we're going to be taking a look at one of the most interesting locations that XV Planus has ever had the pleasure of investigating, the Rhodes Hotel in Atlanta, Indiana. To call Atlanta, Indiana a small town may be a bit of an understatement. Boasting a population of a whopping 712 people, it is definitely a blink-and-you'll-miss-it spot on the map. Nestled in the heart of this small Indiana town, Rhodes Hotel stands as a captivating landmark with a rich history and reputation for being one of the most haunted locations in the state. Built in 1893, Rhodes originally served as the small town's social hub, providing lodging and entertainment to residents and travelers alike. Its Victorian-style architecture and ornate interior design made it a notable establishment in the area. However, it was during the Prohibition era in the 1920s that the establishment's reputation took a slightly darker turn. With the arrival of Prohibition, Rhodes became a hotspot for legal activities such as bootlegging, gambling, and prostitution. Rumors suggest that the basement was once used for moonshine production and a secret meeting spot for some of America's most notorious criminals such as Dillinger and Capone. In March of 2023, the XV Planus field team had a road trip that touched on a handful of Midwestern haunts, one of which, Whispers Estate, was covered earlier this season, and on this same trip we managed to arrange one night at Rhodes Hotel shortly thereafter, and I am so glad that we made the time for this. I've been to a lot of interesting places over these last several years, friends, but none quite like this. Part haunted house, part speakeasy, Rhodes Hotel was without a doubt one of the most lively investigations I've ever been a part of. It was interactive, playful, and grateful for guests. And we're going to get to our coverage of our investigation right after this brief message from our friends over at the Green Mushroom Podcast Network. What scares you? Ghosts. Aliens. Monsters. The occult. Conspiracies. Some of you like to be scared, and unearthing paranormalcy is for you. Some of you try everything you can to avoid it. Unearthing paranormalcy is for you. We take the topics that scare some, and we dig in to find the source, then present the history to make the paranormal a little more normal. 
we also throw in a bit of comedy to shed a light on some of the darkness in the world. So whether you're scared of bumps in the night, what's inside your own mind, or strange lights in the sky, we cover it all. We dig in and present all that we find and try to come up with some logical and not so logical reasons for the high strangeness happenings. Sometimes we are scared of the things we don't understand. And the more we understand, the less we fear. So find us, Unearthing Paranormalcy, on your favorite podcast app. And join us on Facebook, Instagram, and Discord at UMP Normalcy. And until next time, keep digging. Now, before we go barreling into our own investigation of this delightful hunt, we're going to hear from Mike Couch, the manager and long-term resident of the establishment, to gain a little more perspective to the history and activity that Rhodes is known for. Something Mike pointed out to me that I wanted to relate to you all. A lot of these rentable haunted locations love to play off of the fear factor of the phenomena, but Rhodes Hotel is anything but frightening. More of a spiritual speakeasy than a haunted house. So without any further shenanigans, Let's hear more about it from the man who has spent more time there than anyone else. Please welcome Mike Couch to XV Planets. All right, friends and fiends, I am here with Mike Couch, the uh, manager of the Rhodes Hotel. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for taking time to sit down and talk about this. Thanks for having me. So you've been at the property for about five years now, you said? Yeah, I've had the place, uh, I think we took over probably like maybe about midsummer, something like that of uh, 2017, and I've been staying on the property since the beginning of 18, so okay, a lot of time here. <laughs> um, could you tell us a little bit about the history of the place? Yeah, it was built in 1893 by Abraham Kaufman, and Newton Rhodes purchased it for his wife, Clara, uh, and they opened it up as a hotel. Newton was gone a lot because he was a traveling salesman, and Clara was running the hotel. When Newton passed away, Clara Clara wanted to keep the doors open to the place, so eventually it became a speakeasy and a brothel. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so big change. Um, Supposedly, Capone and Dillinger spent time here. Um, Since having the place, Capone's names come up a couple times. Yeah, I haven't been able to validate either one of the guys being here. Um, One thing that's kind of been interesting is I've had people that's lived here in town that have told me similar stories that, like, anybody that's been here, upstairs at the end of the hallway, there's a door that's sealed up. It's sealed shut, but there used to be steps outside the back west corner that would come up, you know, to that to that door and people, you know, uh, but it's been the same story. It's like, you know, Dill- you know, people will be, oh, you know, Dillinger was here and he came up that way and have no validation. But it's kind of interesting that there have been people kind of telling me similar stories about that. So so you've had numerous uh, parties of investigators come through and those names keep coming up? Yeah, yeah, I, it, at times. It's been more so Dillinger, but, you know, you know how things are. It's like, I, you know, I, I can't validate it, but then... You know how it is. Like, you line 10 people up over time. The story changes. Like, exactly. you know, by the time yeah. you get to that 10th person, <laughs> we've got almost 130 years of that here. So That's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. How long has this place been open for paranormal investigations? Oh, gosh. Um, that's a good question. Yeah. I know uh, Gail that owned it prior to uh, to me being here. I 
I think she got it in maybe like 2010 or 11, something like that, I believe. And she was doing, yeah, I know she was doing uh, paranormal investigations here, but I'm not sure prior to that, though. So at least about a decade. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And didn't, um, uh, the previous owners, they, they, they didn't realize it was haunted for a while, right? They, it, it like slowly started to reveal itself. Yeah, one of the previous owners that we had spoken to before, um, this guy actually, you see the mural upstairs, like of, of the building on the wall up yeah. there, is the guy that owned owned it during that time. He's the one that painted that. But yeah, even when he was here, when when I talked to him, he's just like, I've never had anything happen. He's an older gentleman, and he's just like, I've never had anything. I've never noticed anything like that. So he's like, so it's haunted, and I'm like. Yeah, <laughs> there's some activity here, you know. And he's like, Interesting. Oh. Yeah. I Yeah, that's odd. I don't know. Maybe somebody woke things up uh, at some point and stirred things up somehow. I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, typically, I mean, and it seems to be almost like cookie cutter for most of these places, is whenever people start doing renovations and repairs, that's yeah, when it yeah. tends to stir things up. And there's been a lot of work, uh, even the previous owners. Um, there's a lot of things that a few of the different previous owners have done over time, so maybe that's where things kind of started. Right, right. Yeah. So when we got here yesterday, um, you you asked us if we wanted any information, and um, I mean, we did, uh, but at the same time, we like going in blind to places and like not knowing what, like not have a lead or, or yeah. a thought already in our head so that we can just kind of let things unfold the way that we see fit. The, the one thing that you did say, and, and I find it important to actually note this, is that there's nothing bad here. No. Um, and I love that you brought that up because the last thing that I, we want to do is perpetuate any type of, of negative vibes, and that's what a lot of these you know, the ghost shows do. It's like, ooh, big, scary. Um, I can categorically say this is definitely not a place like that. No. This place is an absolute riot. Um, anything that's walking these hallways and rooms, um, you, you made an interesting comment earlier, which was, um, there's definitely residual and intelligent hauntings mm-hmm. going on here. Now I find that to be fascinating because it's pretty rare that you get both in one place. Yeah. 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 Now you've been here for a while. I'm curious about some of the experiences that you've had. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Doors open and closing, lights going off and on. Um, I hear voices at times and every time it's always muffled mm. i can't tell what's being said sometimes there's conversations <laughs> i like i've heard at times like you can hear what sounds like two people talking back and forth um it's odd uh it's but i mean that happens off and on um as we were talking before like you know being here on the property I, nights that i'll be watching tv there's nothing on I'm, I'll just go wander in the hotel. Mm-hmm. So I'll come in and just find a, a room and sit and watch and listen in the dark. <laughs> and uh, sometimes it's quiet. Sometimes there's activity. But, uh, yeah, but, I mean, it, it, there's footsteps. That's another thing that we, we have. We experienced plenty of that last night. Yeah, yeah that happens quite often. Um, shadows. We do see shadows from time to time. Um I've had a few people that have seen an apparition of a taller man in here, and I've yet to see it, but, you know. So other than the shadows, you haven't really had any, like, visual elements? Yeah, I've seen shadows, you know, and, and, you know, like I said, doors and and lights and stuff. I haven't seen any apparitions here since I've been here. Okay. Um, 
you know, I've had people that have, um, and it lines up with the things that we have. Usually it's this taller man that most of the time that's what I usually get. Has anybody been able to identify that individual? Uh, supposedly he's kind of the protector of the place, kind of what we were talking about earlier. See, okay. when, when groups come in, there's a lot of things I leave out of, because like, and this is what something we discussed last night. Like, I don't like to influence. Like, when people come in mm-hmm. at the beginning of the night, I don't like to tell my stories. I don't like to tell other people's experiences that they've had because I feel like that can influence, you know, your investigation during the night. So, and, and one of the examples that I use is like, oh, if we see shadows in this corner all the time, if I tell people whether or not they realize that every time they go by there, they're going to look in that corner because I've embedded that information in the back of their mind, whether they realize it or not. Exactly. They're going to pay attention to that. Yeah, it's planting a seed. and you know. so, Yeah, and I don't like to do that. And, and one of the other reasons I don't like to do that is um, there's something that we have from time to time happening in here, and I'm going to tell you, like, we haven't talked about this, by the way, but okay. maybe you guys, somebody in the group might have experienced this, but people swear there's a cat here. Uh, a cat? I'm, I'm assuming that that's but your your response. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Don said something. Yeah. Don said that uh, okay. uh, in the middle of the night last night he felt what uh, something because he he has mm-hmm. a dog and a cat and he said a cat jumped on my bed last night. That see, is great. That's why I don't <laughs> like telling people because oh, see oh. like that right there. You guys had that experience, then I validated what it was instead of like somebody thinking, oh, that seems odd. Kind of thought maybe it was a cat. Well, right, yeah. And I'm guessing the reason for that being is there's parts upstairs where there's no floor, um, you know, like, uh, I mean, not upstairs, in the attic, I should say. Um, but we found a mummified cat. I don't Whoa. know if it got in, couldn't get out, what. So we took it out. It's buried on the property. Um, not sure what happened, but I've had people off and on. And more, more than one person. Yeah. yeah, it's okay. happened often. Often. Uh, wow. One time I, there was a group that had a camera kind of facing into uh, from like the dining room going through the, the two parlor rooms over here on the side, mm-hmm. on the east side. And uh, they were telling me like we caught something kind of odd. And I'm like, what did you catch? And they're like, we think it's a cat. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, makes sense, you know. And so, but when they showed me the footage, it's almost like it was coming around the big table coming in toward the dining room and when they walked through it spooked it so you see like this image and it turns around it runs and it jumps and like lands up on top like it jumps on top of the the uh, the stool for the piano and i'm just like that's the oddest thing and of course i asked if they'd send me that footage but i never got it so um, well i'll tell you this much We, we didn't get much in the way of uh video footage because you know as i said at this point i've kind of realized that if you spend all of your time staring into the screen of a camera you're going to miss what's happening right in front of you yeah so we typically just let audio recorders go and then try mm-hmm. to sink into the moment um if we find anything we'll definitely send it your way yeah appreciate it but the other thing that that you, we talked about this morning that you again like you didn't plant any seeds first we went in just kind of feeling the place out um i picked up on an energy last night or there was a presence there that kind of seemed to be like the boss man, if mm-hmm. you will. And I find it interesting that, that you bring that up, that the tall guy is supposedly yeah. like either the protector or the corraller. Mm-hmm. And it, um, you know, it didn't feel, uh, like 
it wasn't a dark or spooky presence. Um, I think the way that I put it when I was doing the Estes session was not mean, curmudgeon <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so that's interesting. That's, that's another thing. Like you didn't plant that seed. We just kind of figured it out, but whatever that spirit is tends to try to keep the other ones quiet at times. Mm -hmm. It's just like, not now. Don't talk. Yep. A lot of times people have come in and that's, that's what they've done. They're, you know, they, 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 you know, they tell me, oh, you know, we investigated, but it seems like there's something here. It's like, almost like somebody is like, Hey, you can't talk. You're not allowed to talk or something. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the other one, we got, um, we kept on getting the name Sarah last night. And there was a Sarah who was here, right? Yes, Sarah. She was one of the ladies during the brothel period. Uh, room number one was her room. Okay. So, um, yeah, a lot of activity in that room. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's, that's why, you know, a lot of times I don't like to tell some of these things just like that. You got Sarah. And it's funny, like, yeah, with the cat thing, um Oh, I can't wait to tell Don about that. Yeah. He's going to flip. That was that was great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I and probably a month or so ago, this, this happened. Somebody was telling me there's a group. Uh, we were in the parlor room. I remember where we were at. We were in this other parlor room over here where the big table is, and they were like, "We got a bit of an odd question." I'm like, "Wait, was it the cat?" And they're like, "How did you know?" And I'm like, <laughs> it, "We get that time to time. We get it." Um, but yeah, it happens. But yeah, I. And I like doing things that way. Like, you know, one, you're not kind of planning things in their mind. And, you know, on top of that, you know, I'm not saying anybody would do it, but it's easy for someone to say, oh, yeah, that happens here all the time. Yes. But it changes yeah. things around. Like in, in my buddy Robin that owns Ashmore States, he's the same way. Like he'll do that at Ashmore. People will say that, you know, something happened or whatever. He'll stop them and be like, you know, is it this? If you're in this room, was it this or whatever? And sometimes it, it matches up because... You know, like being at these locations, often, you know, we kind of see those normal things that happen a lot, you know, and then, then we hear the people that, you know, that are coming in, they're validating, you know, even more some of these stories like that. So it's, right. it's interesting. And I find it important to note here that this is not your first rodeo when it comes to the paranormal, right? I've been in paranormal field for quite a while, yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, probably... My first experience is probably about 2006 or so. Oh, and wow. I think about 2007 is when I kind of started, you know, going to different locations and kind of, you know, I was like one of those, like, you show me, then I'll believe you type things. And I had something happen. And I was like, yep. I couldn't explain it. So I'm just <laughs> like, why did, how did this happen? Why did it happen? What's going on? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can relate to that. Um, I've actually only been doing this for three years, but the very first time that I, I decided to go out and attempt this, I, my bell got rung, and from there it was just an insatiable curiosity. Like, i I got to find out more. Yeah. And then I went to a place that you're very familiar with, Waverly Hills. Yes. And had an experience that shook me to my core. Oh. Yeah, we, we met the Creeper. Oh, okay. Ten of us at one time did. <laughs> okay, yep, yeah. Um, yeah. And that one kind of threw me for a loop. But at the same time, it's like the... If you let it spin out of control, then yeah, it can it can be a really horrifying situation. Yeah. Uh, and especially when you're coming face-to-face -face with something that you've never experienced before and you don't have a vocabulary or reference guide to be like, yeah. what is this thing? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it takes a long weekend to get over that stuff. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, well, yeah, my first experience, it wasn't even at a... At a you know, we need, we need these haunted locations. Like, I I didn't go to them because I'm just like, eh, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so, as well as you put it in front of my face, I believe you, 
type things, you know. Um, never really give it you know, much thought, but I, I was at a friend's house. I didn't live too far from him, but we were watching movies, and it's like 2, two 3 o'clock in the morning. And we're like, I know it's not that far, but, you know, I got an extra room upstairs. Just crash in that room, and then you can go home after that. And I'm just like, all right, that's cool, you know, because I'm tired. But I was like, I could probably make it home, but eh, just in case. Um, you know how you, sometimes you wake up and you're groggy, you know, whatever. Um, and then there's times you, you wake up and you're just, you're alert. Mm-hmm. You know, you you know what's going on around you and everything. And I open my eyes up. Well alert, I see a little girl standing at the side of the, the bed. And, like, no more than, like, about the time I blinked, she was gone. And I was like, I know what I just saw. And it freaked me out, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, so then the next morning, I'm just like, it was still bothering me. You know, I was just like, this is weird. Um, and uh, they were like, what's wrong with you? And I was getting ready to go home. I'm like, nothing. I'm like, you're acting kind of weird. You know, I'm like, what's wrong? Something Out with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and like, then they're like, did you see the little girl? And I'm like, dude, that's information you should have told me before coming in. It's like, you should have told me this, like, way, you know, like, first time coming over here. Um, but, yeah, yep. that was, yeah, that was information I should have known in the beginning. But, yeah, that was crazy. So after that experience is when... You know, I started kind of just doing my own research and then started going to some of the locations. Went to Waverly Hills uh, off and on yeah. and then, you know, then ended up uh, helping out there over time. And, and uh, you know, then eventually I started doing the, the private and the public investigations there quite a bit, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then something else that we'll, you, you mentioned we'll probably talk about, too, is like my charity um, yeah, actually, let's talk about that for a yeah, minute, yeah. Uh, because like, I'm all about uh, charitable work, and, and you're doing a really good thing, so let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah, so I have a charity called Lost Limbs Foundation <clears throat> that helps amputee kids with prosthetics that can't afford them, um, and like that ties in like with the paranormal, because when I started it, uh, you know, my leg was amputated in 2010 <clears throat> because of circulation, blood clots and stuff. But um, what what happened is, like, when I started the charity to help kids, I'm like, what am I going to do for fundraisers? It's like, I don't know what to do. You know, I'm not this big promoter guy or whatever. Uh, so I started calling some of the some of the people, you know, from some of the paranormal shows. And I was talking, you know, hey, like, let's see if we can get a location. And we'll sell tickets. People come out, investigate, you know, and hang out with, with the people from the shows and stuff. And then we're raising money. You know to help the kids and everything and, a truly great cause yeah. yeah and it just took off i mean it just stayed in it just stayed in the paranormal field i mean that was you know it was getting attention from people in the paranormal community and the people from the shows and stuff so i just kept doing the paranormal stuff so which is is fantastic and uh, speaking of that where can people um find it like what's the website yeah, it's lostlimbsfoundation.org. Okay, well, I will have a, a link for that in the show notes for everyone listening. Please, I encourage you to go to check it out. Please support Mike and everything that he's doing. It's a really, really good cause. Um, I appreciate it. Oh, no, absolutely. Um, I'm all about this, and I love the way that you've managed to fold such uh, a noble, charitable work into something that uh, a bunch of us weirdos can get behind. Like, I am, I am here for this. And, uh, yeah, if we can support it's you in any way, yeah. like, we stand behind that 100%. It's appreciated for sure. Yeah. Thanks. Well, com- coming back to the Rhodes uh, Hotel here for a second, you know, mm-hmm. we, um, we went in blind, and just this morning we've now confirmed a few things that 
were going on that yeah. you were able to back up and and yeah. um so I'm curious about some of the other uh, well-known spirits around here. And now, before you answer that, I'm going to say, folks, if you intend on coming here to explore this, please turn this podcast off now. Go in blind. Let yourself have the experience. Don't let us influence you. And then come back and listen to it and see if that lines up with what you experienced. Uh, yeah. yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So here's your warning. <clears throat> okay. So, yeah, let's talk about some of the, the more well-known spirits here. So we, we picked up on... The tall man, basically. Yeah. Which I... Uh, last night I was getting the name Adam or Brian, and I think it was associated with that, but I can't be sure. But there's also Jimmy mm-hmm. and um, and a Sarah, and those are the names that we got last night. Sarah is one of the ladies, um, like I said, during the brothel period. Uh, room number one mm-hmm. is her room. So, yeah, it definitely makes sense. The others... Uh, I think Brian, I think I have heard Brian uh, before. Um, you know, it's it's so hard. Like, I try to keep a list of some of the you know, names and stuff that, that have come up here. That way I can kind of compare notes. Because being here all the time, then I can kind of figure out, you know, some of the names that come up more often. And maybe they are associated with this place. Whether they stayed here during, a, you know, the hotel or, or uh, something like that. Uh, but, you know, so like I said, Sarah's room is number one. Um, Newton and Clara had a son named Everett that passed away at the age of 18. Um, the room number five, this back corner over here on the west side of the building, mm-hmm. uh, that was the room they put him in uh, and quarant- quarantined him in uh, while in, you know, until he passed. Okay. Yeah, that's where Lisa was having a lot of uh, activity back in that room last night. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah sometimes people seem to have breathing issues and stuff in there sometimes, which is... I can, you know, you can write tuberculosis, you know, so um, maybe they were picking up something from that, you know, it's, um, you know, so many things with that, you know, like some of the people that haven't investigated before that come in, like we'll talk about things and, and, and you brought this up earlier when you were getting ready to go outside or something like the experiences that people have. You know, when, when people come in, you know, that haven't done this you know how it is the two people will be looking down the hallway somebody will see a shadow and somebody will be looking at the exact same spot and not see anything yeah you know I think people have different sensitivity levels and you know I think some people pick up on certain things and some people don't pick them up pick up on them at all or you know maybe somebody will pick up it's more intense right yeah. um, but yeah so I mean, sometimes people may be picking up on that and have you know breathing issues or mm-hmm. something along the lines uh, like that uh, <clears throat> room six on the west or the east corner. Uh, we just talked about the west corner. Yeah. Uh, the east corner back in the back. Um, room six is the preacher's room. Uh, there was a preacher by the name of Lester Poor that supposedly stayed here and hung himself in the attic. Oh, really? Um, I have been trying to validate that and having a hard time validating it. Where did you first hear that from? Um, it's It's been passed on like for years. Um yeah, it's, it's just one of those stories that's just kind of went from oh, owner to owner, I guess. Um, but uh, I, you know, I, I'm having a hard time validating it. Gotcha. Um, after some research, we did find a Lester Poor that was in Hamilton County, Indiana, um, and he went to Washington State, I think it was, at some point, and then he came back. I'm not sure what happened to him. Okay. But then you hear these other stories, too, that, you know, cover-ups. They don't want to ruin the reputation of the hotel, so maybe it's covered up. 
um, you know, and I've even heard stories that maybe you know that he was murdered. Yeah. Hmm. Who knows? Uh, right. I mean, it's a it was a period of America where documentation was not necessarily uh, top tier. So there's there's yeah. a lot of history that got lo- uh, lost. Yeah. Out there. Yeah. I mean, this place is almost 130 now. So yeah. there's a lot of stuff that we don't know. So all right. So all right. Preacher in six. Um, that'll be an interesting one to try to track down. What yeah. else? Uh, those are kind of the main thing. Well, the cat. <laughs> the cat. No, no names known for the cat or anything, but it's. But you know, I mean, it's crazy that that people have had those experiences, like you know, with with this cat that's in here, and and I don't tell them about. Oh well, we found, a, you know, a cat in the attic. That's wild. <laughs> and it was buried out on, you know, it's buried out on the property. But yeah, I mean, people have like said that they felt like it almost felt like a cat brushed up against her leg like you know how they'll kind of walk around and rub up you know, on, your, on your leg and stuff but people have said they've experienced that uh, there was some someone came in one time that's allergic to cats and started and having they were like do you have a cat here and i'm like no and they're that's like funny. are you sure and i'm like yeah I'm positive so that was kind of odd that's uh, wild. yeah yeah huh. but i mean those those are kind of the main points of the place but um, one other one we do have is there's a little girl here. Um, some of my family members have seen her. Um, I've heard her at times. Um, people have come in asking who she is. I don't know. I've been trying to research to see if I can figure out who she is. But when are you familiar with the Booth Brothers? Yes. Yeah. They were here filming, and they got an EVP. Um, of a little girl that said goody <clears throat> and like they put a new documentary out called the attached i'll look um, that up that's that's on there they put a little segment small segment um you know regarding this place uh, in there and um they were talking about it but someone else was with them were like did you go look at the picture you know the big picture it's in here in this other part of the room and we're like no you know so everybody goes and looks at that and because at first, initially, I thought, you know, maybe she's like, goody, because there's visitors here. You know, maybe she's happy. That's what I'm thinking. But right. then the person pointed it out, and when we look at the picture in here, and it has names, like in some of them are the Rhodes family members, and some of them are other people. But one of the ladies in the picture, her last name was Goody Kuntz. Interesting. So okay. now I'm, I'm, like, trying to do this research to see if I can tie this little girl. Maybe there's a little girl that was here that's related to her. I would be interested to hear about anything you find out about that because uh, when we were having everything happen in that front parlor room, yeah. we were picking up on a little girl. That's okay. who was okay. hanging around there, yeah. and um, so that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I you can guarantee that I'm going to be doing a pretty deep dive into this because I, I find this place to be fascinating. It's um, it's active yeah. in a very very unique and different way than I've experienced in other places, and. Um, it's got some stories to tell. Yeah. And I would like to help tell some of those stories. It does, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, Mike, I can't thank you enough for uh, coming and joining us on the show. Um, I hope to have you back on again, and you'll yeah. definitely be seeing us again sometime in the next year and a half because uh, this place is a delight. And um, anything we can do to help promote your charity and uh, the, the joyous haunting that is the Rhodes Hotel, you can better believe we'll be doing it, brother. We appreciate it. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Yep. Thanks.
Many thanks to Mike for coming on to discuss some of the finer points of the history of Rhodes as well as the paranormal activity known to occupy it. Now, we're going to dig a little deeper into our experiences there, so at this point, I'm very happy to welcome back two of our regular guest investigators, Lisa and Todd, to discuss the first waves of activity that we experienced. Friends and fiends, it is my great joy and honor to have uh, two very close friends to the XV Planets family back on the show, Lisa and Walter Skinwalker. Thank you for joining us. Yes. <laughs> now, the Walter Skinwalker bit, we'll explain that as time goes on throughout the course of this conversation. We have the opportunity throughout the course of uh, uh, March of this year. Uh, unfortunately, we were not be able to. Uh, we were not able to do the annual trip to Waverly, but don't worry, we'll make that biannual. Make that happen next year. Mm-hmm. So that instead, works. this time I made my way back to Indiana and I set up uh, a two night stint at Whispers Estate, and then we had one night over at Rhodes Hotel. That was the most active and the most interesting out of of the two experiences. So. Most definitely. Yeah. yeah. So without leading, uh, again, this is very much like I did with the Waverly series. I would like to hear y'all's perception on what we all experienced there. Lisa, would you like to go first? (laughs) I was going to say, don't everyone rush. Uh, The Rose Hotel, there's a lot to unpack there. So it was really interesting right off the bat. I tend to be drawn to stairwells anyways. So like I naturally want to go to them. So initially, when I get to the house, there's all the the general overview of like, hey, get used to where you are, assimilate to what you're doing. But I sit at the base of the stairwell and just kind of go and kind of feel whatever I feel at that point. Everything's fine. Nothing out of the ordinary. Later on, shortly thereafter, I end up in another stairwell at the top of the stairs in a secondary back room facing down the hallway, completely across from... The end of that hallway is the room that I was going to sleep in that night, or at least have as my room. Mm-hmm. What happened was, and was really interesting, is as I sat there and I went in full sense step and I really practiced on my breathing and just kind of zoned out, Todd was at the other end. And Todd got the interesting vision of seeing something creeping up the stairs or even uh, motion, if you will. Um, I believe he saw at one point light footsteps so we're singing communication with that and he said oh no i can totally see that i'm like no no i feel it's right here off to my right and there is a sensation of something someone some energy off to the right he's like oh no i i totally see it and that was just early on in the night Mm -hmm. todd as you were perceiving this is this is this uh uh kind of like what we keep talking about shadows within shadows that type of absolutely Absolutely. So, so what I look for is simply just motion. Uh, I was a machine gunner in the army, so I, I'm kind of adept at seeing movement, mm-hmm. not so much the target or a specific point, but I can see the movement very much no matter what the lighting is. Right. And obviously it, it was very dark, so it's all cones and rods, but like there's no way I can science out the things that I saw. Uh, There was definitely continual motion coming up the stairwell 
like repeat business, multiple customers just coming up the stairwell. But when when Lisa was describing something kind of grasping towards her, that was literally the point that I could see. I I I, I can't say hands, but it was something like hands stretching between the uh, rails of the railing, like the vertical slats on the railing there, reaching through and kind of like reaching towards her. Uh, now, the footsteps she was talking about that I saw, that was actually in a slightly different area in the hallway. They were coming out of uh, what would be two doors down from us. I want to say it was Peggy's room. Uh, on, there was on- foot. On your side? Uh, side yes. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, on, on our side. Uh, so I think we were room five, so it would have been like maybe room seven. I'm not sure. But there was footsteps of motion coming out of that room and turning towards my location. So where I was sitting was apparently uh, John Dillinger's entrance. It was right. that yeah, yeah, yeah. second floor doorway that led out to nothing. But uh, that's exactly where I was sitting, just watching straight down the hallway. And that was so active, like visually. There, There's just things I can't explain away. And for those of you uh, listening, the spot that Todd is talking about, this is the exact location that Joe Couch was talking about during the introductory uh, in- interview that I did with him for this episode. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just wanted to stick that frame of reference in there so that people understand. But yeah, no, it was like the Dillinger path, basically. And even though we can't really confirm whether or not he was there, the the stories definitely point to him frequenting at least a couple of times. Yeah, There there was definitely a lot of action going on in that area. Yeah. Now, uh, Lisa, when you were doing the sense uh, deprivation experiment on the landing, this was after we all did the initial Estes session up in the attic, right? No, this is prior to. It was prior to it. Okay. This is prior to. This is why we got to have these conversations because mm-hmm. like my my mind is scattered when it comes to time. So that's interesting. Ooh. This was this was going on before we went upstairs to figure out what in the hell was up there, right? Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. But yeah, okay. that was definitely prior to. Todd, going back to you, can you describe the footsteps to me a little bit more? Like could you see them mm-hmm. or it was like a swooshing motion right at the floor. <clears throat> and it wasn't like how you would see a cat out of the corner of your eye. This is something that was directly in front of me, but it, it was the wrong color to be in the shadows. And that's what really threw me off because I could see the distinct double motion of what could be feet. Like, this is so beyond what I understand. It, it's very hard for me to actually put it into words. No, you're fine. I don't think, like, uh, even all of us who do experience this stuff on a regular basis, trying to actually describe yeah. it is a fucking challenge. So, like, yeah. you know, I, I get it. We were talking about this earlier with uh, Rich Haddam. Like, um, people see different things. Sometimes it's uh, uh, visual distortions, much like a mirage. Or sometimes yes. it's... Uh, um, mm-hmm different tones of shadows or something darker than that, like the complete and total absence of light, which is something that we've all experienced together, actually. Yes. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's you know it's it's interesting uh, just to hear those points of view. So as that went on, Lisa, correct me if I'm wrong. You were starting to kind of get distracted by some of the commotion downstairs, so things kind of dissipated on the second floor, right? Or did that go on for a bit longer? It didn't last too terribly long. Once there was a lot of motion coming up and down the stairs, and I'm feeling it, and obviously I'm kind of not seeing it, but I'm aware of people walking past me, then it then it kind of fizzes out a little bit, yeah. which is expected because it, it does throw everything off. The next time we uh, we get together and you guys are out mm-hmm. and on uh, an, uh, an investigation with us, next time you decide to do that type of like meditation-level focus, uh, t- take my noise-canceling headphones, not to play anything, just to use the noise-canceling aspect and drown everything out around you. And I think that's something I really want to play with, too, just because that really takes me all the way out. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Hell yeah. I think I'm going to buy a pair. I would genuinely, I'll, I'll be happy to point you guys in the right direction for an affordable yet pristine one. You know, the sensory deprivation thing, this is actually something that I do want to explore moving forward into paranormal mm-hmm. investigation in the future. I'm actually trying to figure out the best way to design like a portable witch box. Are you guys familiar with a witch box? I'm not at all. Uh, it's, um, it's an upright sensory deprivation chamber. So instead of like being submerged in liquid, it, it's... You do what you can with what you got. So you get a yeah. nice, really solid, comfortable seat, and it's somewhat suspended on flexible mm-hmm. materials, kind of like a swing. And then you're just mm-hmm. boxed in, and then you put on noise-canceling headphones, and it's uh, completely mm-hmm. sealed off from the light. It's not quite as intense as the the joys of, of doing an internal dive into your subconscious in a proper deprivation <laughs> tank, which is something else we can talk about. Now the third time this has come up tonight, because we were just talking about altered states. <laughs> right. No, but I would uh, I would really like to, to figure out a way to create something similar to that in a, in a mobile setting and apply that to some of these haunted locations and see what happens. Yes, yeah. I agree. After second floor dissipated, what happened after that? Ah, let's see. After that, we kind of got settled in the room, and then there was some activity downstairs that I was aware of. Kind of popped in. Nothing really significant for me. So then that's when, shortly thereafter, we ended up upstairs in the attic. And then that's where it got fun. That is it. Yeah, let's let's talk about this for a moment. I asked you guys to come up and join me, right? Or Or did you guys just make your way up there? So I had gone up there by myself, you know, I just roam around and and do shit. And then I went downstairs and got Lisa and brought her up. And I think you had already been up there before I was, because at one point in time, I shut off all the lights on the second floor and you shouted, thank you from the attic. You were up there by yourself. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that is right. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was yeah. before Lisa. That was before you put your hood on, because I was like, "No, we're 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 going deep. Like it's lights out time. Noise and light discipline." That was early on in the evening. It yeah, really that was, was super early. Yeah. It really was. I think we even still had a little bit of daylight seeping into those windows upstairs when we first yeah. started. I think it was dark by the time we ended. Oh yeah, most definitely. It was pitch black when we ended. So this was the first Estes session that we did, and we did a we did a few throughout the we did three throughout the night, 
And I'm going to touch on each one of these with different people, but you guys were there and present for the first one. Mm -hmm. At this point, I've I've started to realize that uh, uh, the spirit box and and the headphones, like that's my strong point. I can really really sure. sink into this. I uh, yeah. I connect with it. Maybe it's just because I'm a fucking audio engineer. I don't know. It's just easier for me to deal with static more. But things become more and more fluid the more and more I do this. And what was really interesting about the three different ones that we had at Rhodes Hotel is the first one. Mm-hmm. The first one was very much like stand-up night at the local comedy club. And we'll talk about that here in a second. And the second one was the boss man downstairs saying, party's upstairs, business down here, shut up and get out. And then the third one was almost going back to the open mic sense, but it was more. It was like more more different people, different things coming in. Mm -hmm. There was 50 of them. Is that what I said? I still haven't gone back to listen to the audio as I'm recording this, and I, I will hear soon. Yep. You don't know how hard it is to teach 50 of them at once. Yeah. I don't get surprised when, when big things start rolling through, uh, but this was unlike anything I had experienced before. And Todd, I got to tell you, like, uh, it, it took me a while to realize this, but for the first seven minutes when that thing really started to kick off, it was practically repeating the conversation that you and I were having outside yes. the house before yes. we came in. Yeah. Almost verbatim, like missing a couple of words word, here and there. Pretty much word for motherfucking word. Yeah. Because uh, Walter Skinwalker, I, yeah. I'm pretty sure that at that point, nobody else had heard that joke between us except <laughs> for Lisa. It was just the three of us who knew that. So what really just totally hit me in the back of the skull when it said four letters means death it was referring to the conversation we had at the restaurant before we came to the hotel yep because uh, yeah. when we were we were meeting everybody i was like oh we all have four letter names mine just means death in german <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> four letters <laughs> Four letters mean death. And here, let me play that for you right now. So how fucking crazy is that, right? Exactly. Every time I do an Estes session, I really do try to like sink into like a level of meditation. I try to completely drown myself out. It's almost like doing automatic writing. You let a part of your mind keep moving while you let the rest of you kind of drift off into obscurity. This place would not allow me to do that because it was pretty much loud right off the bat it was reacting it was talking a lot you were you were on a vaudeville, a vaudeville stage the entire time <laughs> yeah oh yeah what was the whole thing is like i feel like i'm i'm hanging out with rodney dangerfield and the next no line respect. I delivers, no respect hey <laughs> when i'm dead i get no respect and was uh, again i still haven't gone back to listen to it wasn't there a moment where I was like, everybody give a round of applause or something like that? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Put your hands together. Folks, I don't know what in the hell was going on in that place, but it was literally <laughs> like 15, 20 people grabbing for the mic. I'm like, no, no, I got a great joke. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. That's how it felt the whole time. But through the course of this, like the show, the, the tone kind of shifted towards the end and it became a little bit more sporadic. And, and didn't we actually get to a point where I was spouting out words like, 
break or intermission or something like You said stop a couple of times. There was definitely a lot of stop. There was definitely a lot lot of stop. stop. But it didn't seem like uh, like some previous ones that I've done where it was like fist up in your face. Stop. This is more like, no, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. Just just stop. No. Now. Just stop. Yeah, no. We need right. we need to stop. We need to stop. We need to stop. Like, yeah. it, it, was, it was like, okay, no. Joke's over. Joke's over. Boss is coming upstairs, maybe. I don't know. Which we're going to talk about that one a, a little bit yeah. later. I'm, I'm going to bring Jill into that conversation because she was right there next to me during that third session yes. where things got a little bit, I don't yep. want to say darker, but they were uh, they were more intense and there, there was just a lot of different type of energy being funneled into that particular, mm-hmm. uh, that moment. Um, we were still getting very much similar to what we were getting upstairs in the attic, but a little bit more of a... So the attic is party central. Second floor is like the business party central. And then downstairs is strictly business. That's a vibe I'm getting from the house. (laughs) Yeah, very much so. Yeah. After that third Estes session, everybody kind of went their different ways for the the evening. And we would all cross paths at one point or another. But it drains your energy pretty fast. And sometimes you just got to go off into different directions. So I'm curious about any experiences that you guys had after that. Because I know after that third session, you two kind of retreated back into the room. Todd, you kept coming out a little bit later, and we'll talk about that here in a few minutes. Yep. But Lisa, you dropped off yeah. the there for a bit. Is there anything you want to share? Oh, absolutely. I'm still trying to figure that one out. So I don't really get rocked in a sensation of feeling really, really tired all of a sudden, very uneasy nothing really sat well. And so I went back to the room. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to lie down for a little bit, try and recenter myself and just couldn't get there. There was like, I was cold. I was very uneasy, but I couldn't tell you why. I just knew that that wasn't something that I normally would ever go through. So I was trying to digest it. And I'm trying to figure out what is the cause of this? Is it, you know, yada, yada come up with nothing obviously and of course Todd is like are you good I'm like yeah I'm fine and I don't know for whatever reason there was just a lot of heavy heavy energy and then come to find out later about what two hours later maybe I emerged from the room you're down in the hallway doing another essay session and I come out and Jill's still on my end of the hallway and you are deep in it and that's when Jill mentioned something about the walking stick was mentioned. And she looked that was downstairs. Life. That was downstairs okay. that the walking stick was mentioned. The okay. room with the walking there. stick. Okay. Knew it was somewhere. Wasn't sure where it was sitting because I wasn't privy for it. Oh, wait, wait. I, I'm sorry. Right. Just, just to clarify no. this, Todd, what you're saying is I mentioned that in the Estes session downstairs, right? Downstairs oh, when we were shit. in the parlor. Okay. All right. All right. You mentioned- no, no, you mentioned the room with the walking stick. Uh, outside our door was a cane. Leaned up against our door frame. There, were, there, there was nothing like explained about what the room with the walking stick meant. Well, we but, went in blind. We asked to go in blind yeah. and not know anything, yeah. which is important to note on this, folks. Is like one hundred percent. Mike yeah. was very, very open about sharing everything he knows about the pl- this place, and our response was, we want to hear about all of it. 
tomorrow morning. Tomorrow. Yes. You know, yeah. Let's just go yeah. into this completely blindfolded and see what happens. Knowing that, and I'm lying there and I'm listening to you in the essence session, Jill catches me up on that and I go, oh, well, that makes so much sense. And again, I don't go back to that room for a couple more hours when I finally do and I sleep. I don't sleep well. I don't feel good. I really didn't feel good the rest of the afternoon until I actually finally got like good sleep in my house. It was one of those really unusual experiences for me because normally I'm a very grounded person. And that just for whatever reason, I don't know if it drained a lot out of me. I don't know if it was just a heavy energy, something there just kind of put me on a little bit different tilt. That that's not uncommon with any place that's known for being, uh, you know, quote unquote haunted or whatever. It's it's known to sure. affect people in physiological ways that can't really mm -hmm. be like documented or quantified. While it may have exhausted you and, and drained you, uh, at, at any point did you feel like there was anything negative associated with it, or just powerful? No, not really anything negative associated with it. Just powerful is actually a really good descriptive word for it. Because it wasn't negative. It just was something was definitely off. Yeah. But I don't know. It was the first time I ever experienced that. Normally, I can go in. I'm fine. Rock, roll, stick up the whole night. Two nights, fine. Couldn't do it. So I would be interested in returning with you guys again and see if it uh, affects you in, in any other different way. And for that matter, is there a way that you can connect with it on a different way that Sure. might not affect you in that same way. This yeah, is why, like, and I got to tell you guys, if I win the lottery next week, I am buying the Sally house because I want it. Like, why can we not do, I want month long investigations. Like let's actually yeah. quantify this. Like let's set up the baseline, set up, um, the, your control baseline, everything that you can quantify about the place and then, and then build the data on that. Yeah. Actually, really, Hell yeah. well, if I win, that shit's happening. I can promise you that. Well, All we right. need to start gambling, so if we win, we'll make it work. I do it once a month. Like I, I know, I, I do lottery once a month, and that's all I'm willing to to donate to that shit. <laughs> and uh, fair, you know, I I do two sets of numbers that are deeply meaningful to me, and then I let fate decide the other three, and uh, that's all I do. I sacrifice. One beer and one tip a month for a lottery ticket. <laughs> it's a fair exchange. It's good karma. As as the evening progressed, and so so Lisa, you pretty much like stayed anchored in your room at that point, and I know that you're really kind of wrestling with some of the the things that were kind of rolling in and out. I popped in there and checked on you at one point, and um, yeah, like you're normally pretty stoic, but you like I could see it in your eyes. Yeah. You were just like. I'm not feeling really good about this right now. <laughs> yeah. It's not that I'm bad, but it's just like, eh, it's just, eh. Yeah. And uh, yeah. that might actually have something to do with the spirit that supposedly uh, inhabited that room, which I will get to towards the end of this episode uh, as to okay. not unfold everything. But yet yeah, the uh, the room that you guys are staying in, uh, I'll just say, was actually a, a place of tragedy and a lot of pain. So that might, you might have uh, actually been picking up some empathic uh, vibes from that. I don't know. That's why I was so comfortable there. <laughs> You're so angry. 
However, after that point, like Lisa, you didn't really come out too much after that. Eventually, I know you struggled for a bit because we talked about it later. Seemed like mm-hmm. everybody struggled with getting sleep there that night. Everybody. I did not sleep yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. And every time I thought that I was going to finally slip over, something you would came, happen. You came right back. Yeah. Yep. Something would happen to either roll you right out of sleep or, uh, you know, the rim pod in the hallway would go off. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I'm pretty sure Sarah was trying to sneak into bed with me. We'll get to that story later. Um, Sarah was the one that I named on the third Estes session. I like this one. I'll stay with him tonight, I think is what I said. And it definitely <laughs> seemed like that. And what I can tell you, it, it no, it was not as pleasurable as what we all think of when we think of this. You know, yeah, Ray stands from sure. Ghostbusters. I did not have that experience. It was kind of creepy. Moving on from that, Todd, you were up pretty much for the rest of the evening. I know that you heard just as many things moving around that house as I did when nobody was moving. We knew when people were in their rooms. And when those rim pods went off, that was very important for me to pick up on because I heard no footsteps. I was in the hall when it went off. I was about 15 feet away. Uh, So it went off. Four times, I want to say, in a matter of minutes. Yeah, roundabouts. So one of them was me because it went off twice and I got up and went over to it and ran my hand down the antenna and set it off again and walked back away 15 feet away and sat down. And then it went off the fourth time. And then it continued to go off like once every hour and a half or an hour for the rest of the night. So uh, it was it was about two hours after that that I actually went and laid down. It was when the sun was coming up. That's when it started going off again was when I went to bed because it didn't do anything for the rest of the time I was up. Mm. Like I stroked it and set it off. It went off about three minutes later and then was just completely silent. You set it off and stroked it, right? Oh, dude, I stroked it. I caressed the full length of the antenna. Like a Walter Skinwalker does? Like a Skinwalter does. Hear the name. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. It's so good. This is radio gold right here, folks. I'm telling you. Um, It's even better because they they don't even get the full full parameters of the joke. And you know what? You have to come and hang out with us to understand this. Um, you'll never, you'll never understand the skin, Walter. <laughs> God damn it! All right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I think that was that's pretty much the bulk of of y'all's experiences through this. And you know, obviously, like I, I'm, I'm going to share a little bit more about the uh, the Estes session that we did. In the end, which was fucking amazing. I will probably post the uncut version on Patreon for our listeners to hear. And and I honestly, I would like feedback from other people. You know, yeah, I, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I want to hear that. People's opinions. I, I will share that with you guys. 
So I think uh, the the last thing to go on with Rhodes Hotel is individually. What are y'all's final thoughts, Lisa? You're let's go with you. You're front and center on my screen oh. right now. So oh okay, uh, Rhodes Hotel information. I would say there was a lot that was going on there. There was a lot of I think untapped energy in the fact that we came in so very humble and very appreciative of the interactions that we had. And that just continually progressed throughout the night. That's a really great experience to have. Honestly, it was much more than I anticipated. I really thought whispers would have been like the hard hitting, really active one out of the two. And that's not at all what happened. And that's not to say that I'm disappointed either. I just think the Rhodes Hotel really took me aback in how much it allowed us to interact with it in so many different ways, not just for me personally, but for everyone else. Like we all really had a lot going on there and to have that all occur when you didn't expect it. Like, Oh, that's, that's beautiful. So I definitely want to go back. That's a very valid point. And, and to harken back to our Waverly experience, this is one of those locations, like the Rhodes Hotel, each and every one of us had something happen. None of us yes. had the same thing happen, but each mm-hmm. and every one of us had at least a little, like a moment mm-hmm. where something was just like, okay, this is a little bit different. This is weird. This is probably, right. you know, something. Now, Todd, what about you? What, what are your final thoughts on, uh, on Rhodes? So my my utmost final thought is I need to go back. <laughs> I think Agreed. that's uni- I think that's unanimous with all of us. And there's there's just so much left unsaid by the place. That is definitely one of those places. Much like I was saying with the Sally House, right? I would love to set up a whole week there because fuck yeah. Oh, Normally you go into these places and and you got to go a few times before whatever could potentially be inhabiting the ether there gets a little used to you. Whereas this place, we walked in and they're like, hey, dude, you're the new MC. Here's the mic. And and yeah, and it just got wild. So I'm wondering what would what would happen if we took a whole week there? Maybe we reach out to, to Mike Couch, right? And be like, hey, let's hold a flapper night. Let's bring in a jazz band. Let's, we need uh, some shitty whiskey, some flat room temperature beer. And I, I understand that he wants to keep that out of there. So this would have to be like with his parameters and, and not to be a party, but a trigger object experiment. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Pour in some room temperature homebrewed beer like you would have in the 20s and 30s. No, aside from that, no, I totally agree. I think if you actually brought in more period pieces, period attire. Make it a show. Yeah. You're going to get more interaction. It's familiar. We look forward. We should should hold, uh, because of what it was known for, we should reach out to Mike and see if he would allow us to host a prohibition party. Like, it was... was deeply connected during that time and it was definitely mm-hmm. one of the gin running places you got dillinger and capone coming in there i think there's something to be said by that so 
But the thing is, obviously, I totally understand where Mike is coming from. You do not want to turn oh, yeah. that into a party house. Of course. So, well, they don't. They don't have that as insurance. Yes, exactly, exactly. So, um, everybody, wear a flapper. I'm going to break out my three piece suit. We're going to make this shit happen. It's Indiana. Oh. We got to play euchre. It's fucking Indiana. We have to play euchre. So I'll, I'll just stick with spades you or poker. You you do you. You do euchre. It's, euchre is, is spades with a white deck. I'm down for spades. I lost a tooth playing spades. That's cool. All right. Uh, show me euchre. Show me euchre the next time we're together. All right. Yes. Hell yeah. Dude, it's straight up Indiana. It's as Indiana as you can get. You're not selling me on it. <laughs> I'm really well, glad Indiana. I'm not in Indiana. You got to remember it's that. It's fucking Indiana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can't yeah, sell it is somebody fucking on fucking Indiana. And the joke that Illinois plays on Ohio. How are you going to sell somebody on that? There's corn, soybeans, and, and some shitty fucking cities. It's pretty much the entirety of the Midwest, so, you know. Any final thoughts on roads before we move on? Roads is awesome. Everyone needs to go there. Just history alone makes it a worthy stop. Absolutely. Lisa, what about you? No, the main thing that I would say about roads is, obviously, yes, we want to go back. But more importantly, I think knowing what I know now and having experienced what I experienced, I would like to go back with that knowledge and really play more with that. Again, going back to like full sense step, really hold that a lot longer, too. Um, really see what that yields. And again, I, I think it'd be interesting too if not only did you do an SS session, but again, if we flip the mic and let other people play, like I would love to put Todd under full disclosure. <laughs> I would love to throw him in. Like, cause he has no idea. So just see what happens. Things I'd like to do. You know, Todd, I, I you know, I, I gotta admit, uh, I think it would be interesting to throw the uh, the headset on you as well. Yeah, I, I really dude, I'm, I'm yeah. definitely down. I am definitely down. So the next time we get together, I'm going to bring the setup, and we're going to start training you on this. And, and I'm gonna yeah. I'm going to give you examples of the type of thing you're supposed to be looking for because you can have somebody explain this stuff to you, and uh, right. it, it can make sense, and you can turn that into whatever you want. But I actually have clips I can share with you to be like, this is the type of shit you should be listening for. So, funny fucked up shit. I'm half deaf. I have ruptured. I I have ruptured my left eardrum. Huh? So I, yeah. If you can, huh? You can hear, motherfucker. I'm a musician, man. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty much halfway there in my left ear too. So I feel you. I do. Yeah. I was I was a machine gunner, so it destroyed my hearing in my left ear. Yeah. I also ruptured that eardrum. So to me, hearing I I have to listen for specific tones to be able to hear people talk. So this is something I literally do on the day to day. I think that would be super awesome. All right, done. Yeah, yeah. Next time we get together, uh once things start uh, lighting up a little bit, we'll, we're going to have you be the receiver for a change, and we're going to switch Hell this yeah. up. I, I would really like to do that. Yeah. Let's I'm mix definitely down for that. Yeah. Most definitely. All right. 
Well, guys, thank you both so much for joining me on this uh, coverage of Rhodes Hotel. There might end up being a follow-up on this, and, and we'll get to that sometime in the near future. But thank you so much, as always. Love you two to pieces. Thank you. Always a pleasure to have you on. Hell yeah, brother. We'll see you again in a few minutes. Exactly, in a few minutes. I'd like to thank Mike Couch for taking the time to speak with us and offering his insight, and to Lisa and Todd for sharing their experiences with us and effectively covering the first half of our night at the famous Rhodes Hotel. Join us again in two weeks, where Megan and Jill return to share their perceptions of the events that unfolded, as well as hear about what happened to me personally once the lights went out and the apparition known as Sarah visited me in my room. If you're thinking Ray stands from Ghostbusters, you're not too far off, though it's decidedly a more PG experience than one Ackroyd had in that film. In the meantime, if you're craving more XV Planets, consider donating to our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash xvplanets, where you'll gain access to our exclusive content. There's a whole other separate series on there, as well as extended interviews, exclusive episodes with special guests, and much more. And for our subscribers, you can hear the entirety of the Estes session that we mentioned in this episode. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, everywhere as XV Planus, and you can follow my personal misadventures and music projects at Folds and Floods on those same platforms. Links for both are in the show notes as well. If you like what we do here, head on over to iTunes or Spotify to rate and especially review us, and tell your friends about us. Tell your families about us. Hell, yell at random people at the bus stop about us. We are a DIY independent production, and the only way that we will grow is by you sharing us with others who might enjoy taking this trip down many a rabbit hole with us. Be sure to check out all of the great shows on the Green Mushroom Podcast Network, like Ad Hoc History, Lux Occult, Administrism, Unearthing Paranormalcy, and more. While the website isn't quite up to date yet, you can go to www.greenmushroomproject.com and add that to your bookmarks to keep up with the network in the future. The show is produced in the Black Lodge, wherever that resides in this particular moment of time and space. It is written, edited, and scored by yours truly. Music from the show can be found on my Bandcamp page for Folds and Floods, or anywhere you stream your music. High praise and thanks to Sonny and Ren for our updated logo, and many thanks to Meg, who manages most of our social media. No part of this show, or its music, may be reproduced without consent. Copyright Folds and Floods Productions. Once again, I am your host, Flood. And this has been XV Planus. Thank you for being a part of the journey so far. I'll see you in the between. In Abumbratio, in Fluctus, Subvelo. Subvelo.